0: Hello, everybody. Uh, Welcome back to uh, We Make the Pod by Talking. Uh, I'm co-host Carlos, and I'm here with um, Takeshi and Daniel, my co-hosts. And here today we we have a guest, um, Pete Rodsiri, who is going to speak on uh, his experiences uh, living and teaching in Thailand. Um, So if I could just, uh, Pete, if if you'd like to kind of introduce yourself, uh, sure. Well, yeah.
1: thank you for, for having me and uh, hello, audience members. <laughs> so my name is uh, Pete Rudsiri, otherwise known as uh, Payason Siri. I am a Thai American uh, national, uh, both uh, citizens of the U.S. and of Thailand. And I recently uh, moved to Thailand, actually traveled to Thailand uh, upon earning my Ph.D. in uh, organizational psychology to um, explore my culture just a bit more. But it seems that uh, after the first year, I felt that hmm, you know I think I'll stay for another year or two. wasn't too sure, but it turned out even further that oh, I've been here for four four years now, and uh, I I anticipate possibly even being here a little bit longer, uh, depending on um, certain uh, conditions.
0: So what I what I'm really interested about your about your story, Pete, as as I've mentioned before, like uh, I think it's really cool you're you're a you're an asian american you're a thai american you grew up most of your life in in california and uh i think it's fascinating how you visited thailand and there was there was a big draw as far as i'm sorry as i'm aware of like in communicating with you there's like there was a big draw uh to thailand once you were there and uh i'm kind of interested in maybe maybe like Uh, like what that draw was, I guess, right? Like, what what was it about Thailand that that made you want to stay?
1: Right, thanks. Well, you know, for the longest time, actually, ever since I was a child, I've always had a a real deep longing to return to my native country. Not so much because of, uh, you know, anything about the U.S. I I love America as an American. However, growing up as as a An Asian American in America has provided many different opportunities, Uh, whereas I felt that this this strong urge to reconnect with with my people, with my family, and eventually contribute in a meaningful way sometime in the future. And then the future occurred, uh, many opportunities came up, but uh, my parents have always emphasized the importance of gaining an education in America and pursuing the American dream. Well you know i I ascribe to that to a certain extent, however, based on my uh, my own preferences, I felt this strong need to to return, and so I did uh, without any sort of expectations or much less of a plan other than simply to visit and explore uh, what Thailand had to offer, not merely as a tourist but as a sort of um, how would I say this, a a type of explorer as a world citizen who is trying to understand uh, the very roots of uh, where my parents came from. Okay, so I I could go on. Um, Well, where do I even begin with this? Uh, I'm sure it's a very common experience for many Asian Americans and uh, those who have mixed ancestry. Uh, I am, I guess you could say, 100% Thai, but even that in itself is is not a very accurate statement because as we know, Thailand is sort of like, uh, you can compare it as being the America of Asia, Southeast Asia. We have various uh, groups uh, throughout history, migrated and and mixed over the time. And um, so I am Thai as a national, but uh, my my mother's side is Chinese. And, uh, but mentally, I guess you consider you could consider me as a sort of, uh, not just an American, but as a Western thinker, more so than um, necessarily than uh, a Thai thinker. Uh, Although I have drawn influences from the East, such as Confucianism and uh, other areas of philosophy, um, coming back uh, (laughs) was, how do I say, uh, more or less of a culture shock. And it has been a sort of cultural shock ever since, because I'm constantly having to readjust myself to different forms of communicating and the nuances within the culture. Uh, It's not necessarily complex, but it's a matter of how we were conditioned, how we were raised and and what we've come familiar with. As an American, I am very much um, conditioned to respond directly and be honest and uh, manage things in a way that may seem uh, less appropriate or even offensive to an extent, uh, based on who who I'm interacting with. So that's that's one of them, uh, the things. Going back to what I was saying earlier about <clears throat> about going uh, wanting to return to Thailand. As a child, uh, my mother would say, "Well, you know, that's just a phase. You're on holiday right now. You're going on a vacation, and of course, your family's going to be so happy to see you, and you're only seeing the good side of things." But you know, she told me about all the, I guess you could say the the downside of things, which are could be found in almost any country, but sometimes maybe exaggerated just a little bit more or more distinct in another in, in context. Um, but, you know, I, I took it with a grain of salt and I didn't let it get me down, just uh, keeping my dream kind of alive. And it had been at least 15 years since I last returned to Thailand, uh, approximately um, five years ago for... Um, for a family event. And that was uh, during my, I guess you could say, my junior year for my PhD program. I had already earned my master's degree um, by the time I visited Thailand. But uh, all I had left was uh, probably two or three courses, and then of course, the dissertation. And so that was the main drive for me to want to really finish my dissertation. In fact, um, at the risk of sounding like I'm boasting, I I was the first of my class to (coughs) actually complete my dissertation research and um, writing up the the, the entire dissertation itself, defending it. And uh, yes, (laughs) only because of my motivation to return to Thailand. I I would say that I think otherwise I would have been a, a little bit complacent, like, my other peers are like, oh, I have work, I have my family, I have all this and this, and, you know, this this could wait. But Thailand could not wait for me. Uh, I actually, actually, I could say that I felt this strong need once again to return. So I really couldn't wait another semester or two, two semesters, gosh, to go back to my country after having visit just uh, about um, four months ago before that.
2: Yeah, thank Thanks for sharing, Pete, because um, I've also met other Asian Americans, um, like my brother uh, himself also went to Taiwan, t- Taiwan, um, and we're not, you know, Taiwanese or anything, but he really enjoyed it, and he wanted to stay longer, but I think due to, like, you know, family pressures, like, he felt like he had to c- come back, and I've also heard other Asian Americans that, like, grew up in LA uh, that ha- were, that was not even born in, like, Asia, like, Going to like, you know, Vietnam or like India or Japan or China and like really loving it. And they were supposed to stay for one year, but they ended up like extending their stay. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting to see this like dynamic of, you know, the parents are wanting to come to the United States because, you know, they believe it's like the American dream and there's like great opportunity. But like the children of the parents are like wanting to go back to where, you know, their family may have been you know, in the past. Um, So it's kind of interesting to see that, like, different dynamic between, you know, different generations, and how how we view America, and how the parents view America.
1: Right, and uh, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, different uh, sort of um, levels of of understanding within both of those groups, uh, in terms of what is the value of uh, being in one's homeland, or in one's new homeland. Um, Certain privileges we have uh, in, in the United States of America, which are might not be really available in the native country. However, that does not suggest that uh, the quality of life is necessarily higher or lower. It's different, and you know, I, I can't say that Thailand is better than America or America is better than Thailand. If we're looking at data, if we're looking at um, other measures, perhaps America would be number one. <laughs> However. <clears throat> based on one's preferences and what one comes to discover in these countries of origin, or even uh, in the example of your family, returning to Taiwan, visiting Taiwan. It's like, we discover sort of the hidden jewels of those countries, which, oh, we we didn't realize were even available on our planet, right? And then it it seems that, I, I think it relates to our own life education as well, as, okay, this seems like something that would not only interest me but continue developing my intellectual awareness, my social awareness, uh, even one's patience and tolerance and ability to communicate, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And so I think that's really where where the draw comes from. Uh, aside from okay, I'm on holiday, I'm going to like uh, Hawaii or to a European country. Well, that's really nice, uh, but I think it comes down to preferences, right? I like to travel to Italy, but perhaps Italy might not be the country I, I would like to stay at for longer than one year, but who knows, right? We won't know until we actually go there and explore and not, not so much the sightseeing itself, but ourselves within that context. How do we relate to the people? What are um, obviously, what are the sort of um, benefits of being in a different country as well? Perhaps they're doing something better or differently than that what we're accustomed to, and that appeals to us. And so all of these different factors contribute towards our, our staying there or desire to, to remain there. Pete, how old, were you born in Thailand? Yes, I was. I, 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 I suppose I should have mentioned that earlier. I was born in Thailand, and I immigrated to the United States at the age of four. I'm in my mid-30s now, <laughs> believe it or not. I can't believe it. But uh, my parents had actually immigrated to the United States in the mid-1970s for both high school and university, but um, they they had business trips and went back and forth between Thailand and uh U- United States. But most of my life was spent uh, here in California, well, not here, but where you guys are at in California. And I've only spent, uh, well, now about eight years in Thailand, so still have yet, uh, have much yet to learn about Thai culture and language. <laughs> <I see. laughs> like, how, old were you, how old were you when you first went back to Thailand? First was, I believe, around eight years of age, and then later 12, and then every four or five years, uh, and then it extended on to 10 years, and then the last time uh, was 15 years. So. And the, and the reasons you went back to Thailand were just to visit family and for cultural reasons? Uh, the, this most recent visit, yes, it was. And uh, also just keeping an open mind to to allow myself to be receptive to whatever the experience provides. Uh, not so much like, oh, I have to do this. I have to go to this place. And, okay, let it sort of organically emerge with a sort of um, certain guidelines to follow, of course. Not just nice. randomly staying at, uh, you know, whichever hotel, whichever part, side of town. Um uh, but it has right proven to be quite a um, uh, substantive experience. Uh, very surprising how, how people who are not of my own family could uh, take me in uh, and be so hospitable, such as friends of family or friends and friends of friends. That's, that's how the culture is like here. And not to suggest that all Thai people are this way, there might be sort of uh, indications of it in the culture, but to have a genuine experience in that is is a very valuable thing, which which I'm very grateful for. Can you talk a little bit about how
3: you developed different languages and and how that has changed over time? Oh
1: goodness, well I have to admit that my spoken Thai is rather poor, uh, in my opinion, uh, but others say that it's it's fairly good. <laughs> uh, growing up with my parents, um, they they really stress speaking English in the household because when uh, when I first came to America I had trouble in school because uh, of my lack of uh, English comprehension and I I couldn't speak any English for quite some time and that really hindered my obvious my my academic performance and much less my learning so um, we spoke English with occasional Thai and the occasional Thai would be very very basic Thai we wouldn't really have any um, deep discussions we wouldn't talk about Uh, religion, politics, or philosophy, obviously, just uh, simple transaction, uh, sort of transactionary sort of phrases and, you know, um, basic things like that. But coming to Thailand, I was able to um, further elaborate upon that and uh, discuss about business and other matters um, fairly well. But I, I anticipate that it will take me at least another 10 years or so to, to actually reach a point where I feel comfortable in, in speaking Thai freely. But no, I have not taken any sort of formal um, courses in, in Thai language, um, and nor do I really feel the desire for it. I, rather, I, I prefer to speak, practice speaking Thai with uh, native peoples, right, without any sort of embarrassment or much less reservation. Um, I want to say something kind of bluntly here. I had a friend who told me that, well, Pete, you, um, you know, you, (laughs) you look very Thai. uh, But when you speak Thai, you, you you don't sound like a foreigner, you sound um, like almost like, uh, like a uh, someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about so kind of with jokes aside uh, um, she she meant that in a constructive way of course not not trying to be demeaning just like oh wow you don't sound like you have this level of education or that perhaps you you have uh, your you're not normal intelligence i um, perhaps suggesting even lesser intelligence because uh, unable to uh, using proper grammar and uh you know, with the American uh, approach of, of being direct and saying things a certain way and even tone, all these things really um, affect uh, one's perception of the individual communicating, uh, myself that is. And and so initially people might say, oh, you must be from Singapore, you must be from another country, or uh, you must be kind of a stupid person. <laughs> so I could kind of laugh at that because like. Uh, it's understandable, um, considering first coming to Thailand and and you know not really knowing the the, the rules of engagement and and um, the sort of unsaid rules as well of how one should interact with people.
0: And then you have I, I, from from what you've described, you have a lot of opportunities to practice Thai too, right? Because uh, Thai people there they seem to they seem to really like speaking Thai, and uh, even if they are have learned English or competent in English, is that right?
1: Right, um, it's very interesting that you mentioned that. Yes, they, there are many opportunities for that. Uh, however, uh, due to my lack of Thai and also what others perception of my, perhaps even lacking Thai more than I actually do lack, uh, they, they would um, kind of um, cut conversation a little bit short. Uh, also not to mention within Thai culture, you really have to know someone, meet someone a number of times or be related through a friend or family member in order to have that that sort of discussion. Otherwise, it's it's more of practicing, um, you know, common um, uh, phrases and and just keeping things pleasant. I I like to take a little bit further and after developing relationships with different people, uh, I could actually do that. And I feel that each time I have this opportunity, not only do do I learn more about the other individual, I learn more about Thai culture, and the other individual also has a, a, a more um, deeper understanding of, of what an Asian American looks like and what are American values and what, what are new ways of thinking which could possibly be, even be integrated within current practices and so forth. Um, although many ties, I wouldn't say many per se, but uh, many of the ties who I have met speak English They've studied English, um, they use it for business, but they're they're a bit reluctant to actually use English when speaking with fellow Thais. I found the opposite to be the case with it within America. Uh, people of my generation, they all speak Thai, um, probably much better than I did, but they all prefer to speak English together. Over here, I think it comes down to a number of different things. First off, you have to remember that Thailand was never actually... Uh, formally colonized by any Western power or, or even any other country, although there have been sort of border disputes um, over time. And uh, so this might be one of the main contributing factors into why Thais are reluctant to readily adopt the English language and for everyday use. It's like, okay, we take this pride in, in being Thai people and we don't, and possibly even seeing another language uh, you could even say other languages as uh, a possible threat as well but I think things are changing just a little bit now people are studying more uh, Chinese especially and uh, of course English is a standard language for most universities and uh, it's a standard uh, requirement also for for grammar school for elementary school and high school um, to to a certain extent but still still then, it, it seems that many just don't want to practice it. they don 't really see the the value of it, the actual utility. Uh, instead, they see it more as and I'm, I apologize if i 'm generalizing, but perhaps more as oh, simply to pass the test and and have that and have just enough and i 'm not blaming them for that either it I could relate by being a Thai American, not really wanting to study Thai that intimately so <laughs> And um, other possible causes could be that, well, in Thai culture, they're, they're not necessarily perfectionists when it comes to doing things. Um, rather, they take a more relaxed approach, uh, more mindfulness within the culture of how we interact and and do things. But even then, it's like, okay, that's fine. Someone made a little mistake. We'll, we'll forgive them. We'll allow them to be. Um, Thailand's a great place to to have this type of diversity uh, because it allows for, for different... Um, lifestyles, different ways of thinking, different ways of being. And I find that to be rather special here, even though you know, I, I live a normal lifestyle, whatever that means, um, as a, a university lecturer. And it's, it's, uh, it's rather interesting just how the, the Thai people just, just prefer not to speak English, let's just say that. And I, I don't want to say that these are necessarily the causes either Um, They might be uh, influencing factors, but I know from from speaking with other Thais, uh, a Thai language teacher uh, at the university level, she said that when she studied English with her Thai teacher, first off, her Thai teacher didn't really teach it as competently as they, they could have now that she understands English very well. And also that the Thai teacher was uh, extremely strict and um, overly critical on on the students uh, i don 't know if this is the case with other Thai English teachers at the high school level, but this might be another thing too how the students' interactions and their perceptions of their teachers and, and, and am I motivated to one is practicing this language if I if I forget to say something correctly or um, use improper grammar, am I going to be penalized for it? Um, and I've noticed this also within the university that students who who speak uh, who speak English, they they tend to be. Um, seen as like, uh, um, you, for lack of a better word, like a, a goody two-shoes, someone who speaks English with a teacher, someone who practices it. It's like, oh, you think you're better than us because you could speak it more fluently. And um, I mean, of course, I mean, it's a matter of, of how someone interprets that. But I, I've, I've noticed that and I've been spoken with students about this too. If, um, you know, in, I, I used to teach English at an international university for about three, three years. And students who uh, would actually who would participate regularly uh, were the Chinese students or the uh, other foreign students not so much the Thai students unless they had um, they had a healthy level of confidence within themselves not just to speak the language but in front of other people oh we don't care how they judge us it doesn't matter if they think we're showing up that's not what our intent is Um, and so Most of the other students, they they won't really communicate unless really called upon and, you know, they're given some sort of incentive such as points, right? They they won't, they don't mind speaking one-on-one with me uh, informally, let's say before or after class, but when the class session begins, it just becomes silent. And of course, in a language course, everyone needs to speak, right? Even for a reading and writing language course. So um, that was a sort of challenge for me to, to... um, First off, to come to understand and accept and then try to further leverage by um, uh, keeping all this in mind and then applying accordingly. And so, um, you know, with this positive effort, it worked to an extent, but still, I I think there needs to be um, some radical change within the, the, not the system itself, but within teaching English to Thai students in Thailand and Thailand. and and changing their sort of mindset about the language itself. Uh, I think that some students might even be overly critical about other students. Oh, you said that wrong. Ha, 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 ha. Or you pronounce something that sounds like uh, probably something um, derogatory in English and and so forth. And sure, they could do that. But Thai students tend to also be rather sensitive as well. (laughs) rather sensitive to just about, um, well, anything, even if it's constructive criticism uh, with positive intent. Okay, well, this is what we need to work on and perhaps we could try saying it in this way. And and then it's not so much they, they see the person saying that as being a threat to them, it's just a threat to their own sort of, you could say uh, ego as well, a sort of delicate ego, like, oh no, I did it wrong. And, and so normally you think as, uh, coming from an individualistic country uh, that that we would try to work on this and become a little bit better and but that's not the case Uh, over here as a collectivist country it's like well you know most most people don't ascribe to this and so maybe I shouldn't either and if I do um, I become that sort of nail sticking out and you know that's that not doesn't place them in a good position socially so they have their reservations because of each of these things and I'm sure more. Daniel, you look like you have something to say about this.
3: Well, I, I just want to put a little bit of context as you're talking about who are the Thai people and what do they represent and the values and the systems in which they, they in, interact with the pedagogy and whatnot. Uh, for our Asian audiences, uh, there are three of us who are Asian here. Um, I would like to know, uh, are the Thais jungle Asians or are they fancy Asians? For the audience, <laughs> once and for all, I know it's dichotomy, I know it's a false dilemma. I know it's sure, sure. but if you accept that premise, are you a jungle Asian or are you a fancy Asian? Let's hear it, sir. Well,
1: let's see here. I, I, this is my first time actually hearing these terms. So, oh, okay, okay, okay. What do you define a jungle and a fancy Asian as? Well, well, these are facetious terms
3: made by ah. a stand-up comedian, right? But it basically <laughs> jungle Asian means. Um, an Asian that identifies with working poor, with uh, oppression, with people who are fighting for justice, and the fancy Asians like myself, unfortunately. uh, The Koreans, the Japanese, you know, people who have extreme privilege, they've um, adopted the neoliberal uh, perspectives of capitalist, state-sponsored, corporate, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. They want ascendancy, they want hierarchy, they accept white dominance.
1: Like what, what, which, which camp did the Thais fall into? I, I am ignorant well, in this regard. Th- that's very interesting that you, you asked that. So um, I guess I could speak uh, about myself in, in relation to that just a little bit before talking about the, the Thai people um, as a whole. Uh, you know, as an American, I, I think I, I lean, well, I don't necessarily lean either. I, I think I'm kind of in between both. You can't really say 50-50 either because it's not really measurable. It, it really comes down to context. So even even having um, a sense of wanting to have uh, you know social justice, something available for the community, uh, you might even say it borders along socialism, right? And aspects of that uh, of that are also within um, democracy as well, right? Is kind of these are the sort of things we want to have readily available for um, the common man and woman and child. Um, and, and so it's hard for me to um, distinguish really the the, the economists uh, differences between the two other than these sort of um, surface level generalizations. Um, I'm, I'm for capitalism, of course, but certain aspects of it I, I disagree with, especially if it's at the cost of the environment and if it exploits people and so forth. So, um, you know, I'm I, I guess i 'm just a free thinker i, I won 't say i 'm a, a jungle Asian or a fancy Asian, although if anyone saw me, they would say you're definitely a fancy Asian because you have all this privilege and you have all the things that you like and you need and so what <laughs> well underneath that there there might you could say be a sort of quote unquote jungle Asian person who wants to really get to the root of things and understand. Culture and and have meaning in in um, communications and and develop uh, not so much infrastructure but develop um, understanding amongst people and this sort of form of democratic thinking, uh, and please don't get me wrong when I say this because uh, a lot of ties now getting to your question, they have a sort of. Um, uh, limited understanding of what democracy really entails, the sort of responsibilities which are required in order for that to work. And uh, I guess, arguably, even Americans and other democratic countries, they don't really have a strong sense of really what that is. They they say, oh, it's freedom of speech. We could vote and and yada, yada, yada. But that's not just it, right? We, we need to actually have the, the cultural element as well, having um, some dialogue on issues as opposed to just uh, arguing back and forth and claiming to know what's right and um, when we say Thai people it, it depends on which group we're referring to now um, the middle class the upper middle class and there are quite a bit of wealthy people here as well um, that's that's also a mixed group <laughs> But um, for let's say the working class I, I think they're more more towards uh, you could say the jungle but um, they're they're being influenced by technology and western influences and they're striving towards becoming more fancy um, but it, it's a rather funny thing to observe because we we see people who are are doing things that are very out of character for traditional Thai people or even how Thai people were 10-15 years ago um, you know initially plastic surgery was something uh, for the wealthy something that is just uh, not just like everywhere, you know, I'm exaggerating, of course, but uh, there is so popular here in Thailand, and I'm sure with the influence of Korea and um, Korean um, pop culture and everything, they, the women um, and, and certain men, they they want to have that, and it's considered prestige, even if they don't make a lot of money, and um, they argue that, oh, it helps me get my job, it ha- helps me feel good about myself, and I'm sorry if I'm, I'm taking this on, on to a, a sort of, sideline here that all this relates to the this whole notion of okay the jungle or or like the i guess i guess you could say the ivory tower or the the mall in this case in thailand because malls have been so uh <laughs> um malls have been popping up here and there and and they're just wonderful places to be outside of the heat of thailand but it lacks uh, a lot of culture and it becomes a sort of um going back to the, the fancy side of um Uh, right capitalism and and having all this materialism available okay this is the quality of life oh this is the more I have the money I have I could buy these things that live a comfortable life and I could show this off and have social approval through Facebook and social media and all these things so it's hard for me to even say whether or not even the working class or jungle or if they're they're even fancy at all they they seem to be fancy in the extent that they uh, with materialism and but I don't think they understand um, politics, uh, economics that much or um, they understand business fairly well. Um, they could do that. Um, but it, it's, it's creating a sort of cognitive dissonance, if, if I may. It's, it's causing sort of inner conflict uh, within the culture and in, in individuals because they're experiencing stress as a result of all of this, realizing it or not. They're competing against one another, just like uh, against the Joneses or, or trying to have something better. And, and this is like you know, rather uh, a superficial view of, of how life could be, especially with, oh, modern technology, modern this, equating it to the West. It's not completely the West, uh, although some of it may have derived from the West and influenced by the West, uh, it's, it's created by, from, by people from all over the world who have uh, immigrated to the US or have worked with them uh, in, in certain capacities. So, yeah, <laughs> the jungle or, or fancy Asia, it's, it's, a rather, it's a dilemma for me to, to really um, respond to other than yeah. what I've shared so far. You did it beautifully, man. I appreciate it. Okay. I, Thanks I want, for your question.
0: Yeah, I wanted to say something because just to just to briefly comment, um, it's an interesting question, I think, in in the context of Thailand from from what you've described, uh, Pete, because like you like we tend to think of like in those terms, like the fancy Asians associated with like East Asia, Japan, China. And so Thailand wouldn't you typically wouldn't really associate Thailand with with that group, I guess. However, like as you've mentioned before, Thailand is in this unique position where they were they they did not experience colonization, right? Which is a which is a very important I think historical memory that would induce the foundation for like the jungle asian thinking or you know the the reason there would be jungle Asians in the first place, right? Right, you know, to kind of understand what to have like this First-hand experience, or at least historical memory of what of what oppression is, of and particularly colonization. But Thailand doesn't have that. Thailand has less experience with colonization than than even China and Japan do, actually. So that, and that's kind of that's actually kind of unique. And so Thailand, I would imagine, Thai, like Thais really wouldn't like they would be very anomalous with respect to that dichotomy.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see which which thing should I address first. Um, right, so the you know the the tigers of Asia, are, you could say the the fancy Asians, uh, generally speaking. Whereas uh, let's say the uh, ASEAN countries, uh, Singapore, uh, Thailand, and the other countries are um, sort of the jungle. But well, Singapore is not even the jungle; it's it's more of the fancy Asian as well. But you know, within Southeast Asia, there's there's um, both sides of things and. If you ever come to visit Thailand, it's actually more developed in different ways, even more so than uh, America is. And no one would really realize that until you actually come here and see it. Uh, you know, one has the impression that it's a developing country. Sure, it is in many ways. and uh, But in other senses, it's it's much more sophisticated, not just culturally, but within its infrastructure, the use of technology within, uh, let's say, uh, within the community, and, and so forth. So yeah, many false notions are uh, out there. Uh, even I had those as well. And coming back from America, like, wow, it's it's really developed quite a bit. Although certain things have remained the same, uh, given the the state of uh, the economy and other things, Thailand is in that unique position to to maintain its sort of um, national integrity, if if I if I may use this term. Um, it's not that Thailand was, was strong in fighting off these would-be conquerors. It was rather a, a matter of diplomacy by astute kings and leaders of the time, and um, they made different concessions uh, regarding borders and lands in which they could inhabit and what sort of roles they could have in order to gain different resources and so forth. I'm not a subject matter expert in this area, but this is my general understanding of it. And all this really um, led to Thailand remaining as Thailand. But if we look even further back now with, uh, you know, uh, Cambodia, uh, Burma, and uh, Laos, even Malaysia, all the surrounding countries, right? Um, it was kind of like a give and take situation where Thailand would uh, would occupy certain areas and the other countries would regain it in this Going back and forth, you know, as with any sort of um, political uh, political sort of argument over um, the borders, um, but even within Thailand itself, we have different regions. We have the northeast, the northwest, central Thailand, and south Thailand. Not just geographically, but also um, culturally, um, because the south, especially the deep south, tends to have more of the Malay sort of influence. And even you could see it with the, uh, within the culture and, and the phenotypic expression of, of the people. And uh, in the north, uh, it was a different kingdom altogether. It, they were different peoples. And, and so modern day Thailand, even be, before um, the advent of Siam, you know, w- were these different sort of, uh, you could say empires similar to China. Um, g- g- going even further back, of course, uh, much uh, comes from China as well. Many, I don't know how many Thais exactly, but Thais have um, Chinese ancestry. Uh, it could be from the South, different regions of the South, uh, but most are of, um, I don't know how to say in English, but that's you, right? That's you, Chinese, and also um, Cantonese, Chinese, like from Hong Kong area, Guangzhou, and so it, all of these things um, factor in, in into how Uh, what the the cultural expression of the people but it's very interesting how much the the sort of Chinese influence have has been uh, kind of um, dwindling down over the years because sure we some Thai Chinese some Thai Chinese even though they're genetically Chinese uh, have very little awareness of their Chinese ancestry much less cultural practices uh, or even individual practices which are derived from the culture itself and so there, there might be a sort of lack of, um, I guess, say work ethic, respect towards elders and so forth. And we, we don't want, I don't want to place like a blame any um, one for for this other than the parents, right? But it's way too easy to do that. Because even with the best of intentions and, and everything, parents might uh, neglect something or not be aware of something which they are doing or not doing, which the, which affects the, their, their children. So, I mean, children have access to cell phones, the smartphones to go online and look at just about anything and mainly from the West and even other parts of Asia, which are heavily influenced by the West. And so they take the good and bad of both. But of course, with you know, mass media, entertainment, it becomes something rather superficial and so they, in, they try to copy these sort of um, behaviors. They, they adopt these sort of attitudes and which are really, um, I, in my opinion, um, negative, because it comes at the the, uh, the expense of somebody else and it, at one's own cost of one's cultural understanding as well. So um, one might think that, oh, Thailand is a uh, sort of peace loving, relaxed country uh, and it's relatively safe and all this. There, there are other sites to it too, uh, which one should be aware of. Um, and I was rather surprised to, to find all this. I guess I shouldn't have been how naive of me, right? I mean, eventually uh, all this technology would, which kept, would catch up and it did. And uh, it's, it's a little disappointing to see that because as a child, um, even um, the, the simple act of um, why, why right? Um, this is why right? I'm, I'm I'm saying hello, similar to a Japanese bow or even Chinese or Korean type of uh, bow as well, and and it, it it signifies respect towards the person you were greeting or saying goodbye to. Today's generation tends not to do it at all, and if they do, they just do it halfway like this, and it seems disingenuine. It just seems like they've lost that you may think to yourself like oh wow it's just like a matter of preference well it might be that too but it's what what sort of um, cultural values they were instilled with because this is such a uh, valued tradition in Thai culture and I'm sure it's deeply connected with other cultural practices and ways of thinking Um, and so this is like a clear indication that some, some of Thai culture is being lost even standing up for the uh, Thai national anthem. Some people just take their time doing it. They don't do it with pride, they, or even do it at all. And that's very concerning for me as a, a Thai person. Uh, I'm not patriotic per se, but I do love Thailand and I would love that Thai people would still retain some of that in order to, uh, not, not, not just for the sake of re- retaining it, but also to have value in their life while also you know, uh, being a more selective um, consumer of whatever the West provides. So <laughs> that's all I'll we'll say about that.
2: Uh, uh, I just want to say uh, it was kind of funny how we went like from jungle Asian, fancy Asian, um, <laughs> and then <and> just kind of <laughs> went deep. You, you just went like really deep into the, the topic. And uh, I don't know, your analysis was just like spot on. Um, and just give a context, uh, what Daniel was mentioning, uh, that, that was from the comedian, Ali Wong. Uh, she's on Netflix. I highly recommend it. I don't know if it's I'll available it. in Thailand. Uh, she's a pretty funny comedian
1: that uh, I'm sure it is. I, I'll I check like it like out. To watch.
2: Um, I wanted to ask, uh, you kind of touched on this uh, earlier. Uh, but cause I know, you know, you also have a, a background in psychology. Like what is the state of uh, mental health, uh, just based on your experience and observation of like your students, um, of, of just, yeah, like your students and like, what are some like mental health issues or concerns that's kind of been rising in Thailand?
1: Well, uh, first off the, the overall healthcare system is, is very well structured here in Thailand. The common person has access to medical care, which is, um, uh, you could say even first class, right? Very good, good care. And, but with, with, again, with, (laughs) With the conglomerization of the world, people are consuming very unhealthy diets. They're eating more McDonald's. I mean, I'm, it's a guilty pleasure, but um, in in mass amounts, especially uh, for the privileged classes, they're they're eating more of this and saying, "Oh, wow, that's cute to have like a, a slightly overweight child or to um, you know do all these different things, which um, seem kind of counterproductive and obvious to us that oh, wow." that will lead to diabetes, heart disease, and all these other things. Where do I begin with this? Um, All those also influence mental health, of course. And so we cannot isolate mental health from physical health and one's daily practice. Um, Students tend to have some form of distress, right? They have not just stress, but they're bothered by something. And some students even exhibit symptoms of depression. It's been reported that um, I don't know what percent exactly. It depends on university and which setting we're in. But many students now are experiencing depression, some form of depression. Uh, And I could only hypothesize as to what might be the causes. But all those things I've mentioned earlier, such as um, this reliance on technology, this over reliance that is and over focus on technology and entertainment and okay where is a cultural element where is the value of um, simple interaction right or even silence as practiced um, through buddhism mindfulness and meditation so yeah it's it's rather concerning as well Uh, it's not because of technology It's not because of the west it's not because of rising middle class but then i also have to say yes it is also because (laughs) right um it all really depends it all really varies depending on which thing we're examining and even within that you know it, it branches off to other areas of influence so um you know there might not be a dominant cause it might not fall completely in the hands of the parents or just a generation that seems to be so detached and less invested, they're not to blame for it. It's very easy for us being in our early 30s, mid 30s to to kind of say, oh, well, you know what, those kids, right? Well, we were those kids, but when we were that age in our time, we were a little bit different, I think, because of the social and cultural influences. And so we learn how to not only think for ourselves, but become uh, very discerning thinkers. We don't just readily adopt different things that seem appealing. We, we evaluate it and we um, critically analyze it as educated individuals. Um, that's another thing I would like to touch upon later as well, critical thinking, how the lack of it in within the education system here. And so that may sound kind of critical, but I, I'm being objective in this statement and, you know, um, certain universities are taking action to uh, implement programs where critical thinking is integrated, but we'll get to that just a bit later. Mental health is is such a such, such an issue, and I think it ties in with critical thinking as well. If one does not know how to critically think and become a discerning consumer of information, uh, how do you know which way to do go? I mean, what, what do you ascribe to? What values do you turn to if you don't have the roots? If you're no longer a jungle Asian and you have all this so, so-called sophistication, um, they, they don't quite know how to grasp it. They don't have firm roots in anything. Uh, and so it, it's very scary.
3: I wanted to ask you, I'm a teacher, and um, I teach at an international high school. I'm wondering, what are the academic standards to get into a bachelor's program in in Thailand?
1: Okay, so that that even varies quite a bit. A bachelor's program in a university, it could also be, uh, you know, a sort of um, private, not private university, but um, not a vocational, they have another name for it here as well, schools which are not recognized as universities, but they are four years and they grant university degrees as well. But universities in general, um, of course, they would have to have their high school diploma, um, pass different competency, competency examinations, especially for uh, international universities or for, um, for more prestigious universities, but most have uh, their, their own criteria to go by. Uh, we have the government and private sector. The government generally follows a, a certain guideline, but even within, it depends on which faculty they're wanting to go into as well. We call them faculties in Thailand, but in America, there are different schools of um, uh, they're, they're different departments, right? So they, they have different criteria. Okay, how well did you perform on, on uh, math and physics on your SAT and how about your IELTS exam score, or, or et cetera. So it, it, again, it really varies. So, um, so in sure. terms of
3: just so in just term, in terms of an academic bachelor's degree, mm-hmm. uh, how much are the uh, sort of national or state mandated assessments uh, weighted? Uh, and what do those assessments cover? What 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 specific content standards? Oh, or sorry, skills? Right,
1: right. Yeah. Okay, not just simply entry into university, but uh, to actually pass. So they have comprehensive comprehensive examinations in their senior year, they have a senior project. Uh, certain universities they have to write a uh, thesis as well or, or do a group project for their capstone course uh, a number of different things and so the the standard is relatively high and um, you know if you go to the more prestigious universities they're they're pretty top-notch they're, they're second to none to, compared to the United States what does that mean so, in terms of concrete terms when you say uh, second uh, to none right. top-notch what does that mean well okay we have this perception that the america ha- in america we have like a higher level of education and it's more sophisticated and oh, uh, of course uh-huh. yeah in in certain respects it is there's um you know within the curriculum it's uh it, it might be uh more rigorous to an extent or um but, but it really comes down to uh well in in thailand say for an engineering program right uh, students will have to really prove that they're able to uh, perform the duties of an engineer, not just memorize, um, route memorize formulas and solve problems, which if they've solved a million times before in different forms, but ex- experience new, uh, novel uh, problems to actually solve themselves and, and, and so forth. So these sort of things are sort of the, the test to see if one could actually earn that bachelor's degree or not. Mm. Right. Even for English, if someone is an English major, not only do they have, um, they don't need to have a fluent accent, obviously, but right. they need to learn like all the different aspects of of, of English and and be fairly well versed in it more so than, than some people might think. It's not just, oh, I could speak English to, to right. get by, but right? you could use it to become a teacher, to become uh, a speaking individual or, or anything like that.
3: Right. So. Do you have any sense of what percentage of the population hold a bachelor's program, an academic bachelor's degree?
1: Uh, that I don't know. Actually, I, I've never even looked it up, so I, I can't comment. But it's on the rise. Actually, there's, I mean, along with the rising middle class, also is a, a rise of uh, educated individuals. So education is highly emphasized here in Thailand uh, because if you want to have even a fairly good job, then you, you like anywhere else, you you should possess. Um, a bachelor's degree, at least, right. while many are actually going for their master's now.
3: Right. Now, you talked a little bit about critical thinking prior to this conversation. I'm wondering, you 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 mentioned the idea that there is a top-notch level to Thai education and, and the infrastructure therein. How much of that top-notchness is connected to this notion of critical thinking, in your opinion?
1: Oh, I, I don't think it would be fair for me to comment, but I, I could only Sort of um, guess based on my discussions with other instructors. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I say education is highly emphasized, they're usually within um, in, within, excuse me, uh, medicine of course, within engineering and um, even law to a certain extent. Once again, um, I, I'm not too sure about that. It, it, it's like. They, they learn a plethora of different techniques and, and uh, ways to approach things and ways of thinking but um, I, I can't really comment on, on that honestly. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to, to recall back to some of the discussions I had with other uh, instructors. Um, the critical thinking aspect is uh, I, I would say probably at least uh, minimally fulfilled, what does that mean? Well, they're able to engage it to uh, you know a, a very moderate extent, and they're not philosophers per se, okay? Um, even the topic of philosophy in Thailand is limited to um, sort of cultural practices and it's more historically based as, as compared to you know, the formal study of philosophy. And so as an instructor of psychology, um, just teaching about the various theories as an introductory course, students um, tend to have difficulty understanding the um, the differences, even between defense mechanisms of Sigmund Freud. And, you know, I, I say these things and I say, well, this is sort of metaphorical. And then I go into the historical context. But then um, especially freshmen tend to be rather uh, they, they, they take things rather literally, right? And so, no, no, that's not what that is, right? We, we don't think in those terms. And so thinking figuratively or, or um, trying to examine how one can apply uh, different psychological principles in one's life is, is a challenge. And even myself as an educator, okay, how do I present this? And I'm doing the best that I can, uh, understanding what kind of where they're coming from and uh, what their value systems are like and, and so I'm just hoping for the best. <laughs> the grades have not yet been uh, released since we, we haven't had um, the final examinations yet. But after the, the midterms, uh, there was, uh, well, there, there was a noticeable drop in the class uh, attendance. So that, I think that is an indicator of um, students really not really getting it, even though I present it in very simplistic and understandable and relatable terms. Um, and so th- there's much of that that's, that's going on. Uh, Even for, I guess you could say, uh, students who have been there a little bit longer. However, graduate students, right, other than MBA programs, right, going to PhD programs as well, they tend to have a little bit more of the uh, ability to do that. I wouldn't even say potential to that. I think everyone has a potential to do it, but it's them allowing themselves to be a little bit more receptive into it and experimenting with it, which relates to the one of your original questions about practicing English. Oh, am I making a mistake? I had students ask me, how do I critically think? <laughs> you know, just straightforward. How do I critically think? And and so, well, you know, I've, I've been explaining, I've, I've demonstrated, I've given examples of it, and I try to guide you through the process. And, if, if you're reluctant to do it, then you won't know it. It's just like practicing even math problems, right? Students do much better in math than they do anything else because, okay, we understand the formula. They might learn statistics or calculus, but I don't know how many will actually understand the underlying principles of, of mathematics, right? That's even if it's not their major, we need to understand stats other than, okay, this is how we run this function.